here we go in Superflex City. Superflex dude, John Hogue here. Back with Russ Fisher at Dynasty Outhouse and that constant pursuit of the sweet spot. And uh, real quick, just to preface that for those who haven't been keeping up, you got to strip away any romantic or sexual undertones from that. You're, you're, you got the wrong podcast. Otherwise. We're not saying they're not there, but that's not why we're calling it that. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a, a, a totally different sweet spot that we're going for here in Superflex City, at least at least right now. So we've been talking about setting up dynasty leagues and the sweet spot being, you know, kind of a a, a middle point between you know, all the extremes of various dynasty settings. Um, I think that at this point we've kind of landed on like 28 roster spots in a 12 team mm-hmm. league. And, and, you know, we point this out every, every episode. This isn't, you know, by no means is this a requirement, uh, but this is just kind of a, a good starting spot for us. This, this feels like the sweet spot. This feels like, you know, kind of that, that, that perfect point to kind of build off of. Yeah. I mean, like if you go and listen back, you'll see John and I have disagreed on a lot of, a lot of things (laughs) along the way. And the reason we keep saying the sweet spot is because, you know, I'll say one thing, he'll say another, like, all right, let's just cut it in half. And and that's the middle of it. So that that's what we've been calling the sweet spot as we go is what we think is something that could really bring the best of all worlds into your league. Nothing that you have to do, nothing to say. If you make this sweet spot league, it will be the best league ever. It's always making whatever league makes you happy. But we're just trying to help anyone get a league together in any way, shape, or form they can or want to. But we're here to help you in case you forget something, in case you don't know how to get something together. Uh, Inexperienced, experienced, everyone, no one's perfect, no one knows everything. So hopefully everyone can get something from all of these wonderful episodes. Absolutely. And, and so we're, I believe five deep at this point, we've, uh, you know, we've talked about roster sizes, lineup requirements. Um, we just got done talking about taxi squad and IR, Yep. um, you know, we, we've, uh, we've kind of covered everything in, and in, in, you know, bylaws, of course we started there in fact. <laughs> so go back with, uh, to episode one and, and just go through step by step and uh, stick with us until we um, wrap this up with the startup at some point. Uh, we'll get there eventually. Right now, though, I think, you know, it, to me, I think that we move on to, to scoring. Um, we've got plenty to talk about with startups, uh, but kind of determining the sweet spot on, on scoring, I think, is probably going to be, a, I think that we're, we're going to end up being a little bit more aligned on that one. Yeah. Um, then, then roster sizes, roster settings, you know, just because it, it it's a really interesting dynamic. I did not see this coming, Russ. I'll be honest. <laughs> I, I just, I just wanted to podcast with you because you're, you know, you're, you're my friend. It's always fun talking with you. But we ended up being, we ended up with this. We kind of ended up on, being on opposite extremes a little bit. Yes. <laughs> as far as where we want our activity to come from. I love having, you know, fertile waivers and uh, you're, you know, trade addicts guy. <laughs> <You're>, yeah. <laughs> you, you want everything done through trades. And uh, that's why, you know, it was it was 
it was a little bit more important for us to find that center point. But yep. scoring is kind of a different thing. I don't think that there's a whole lot of of activity that comes out of the scoring settings. Although we'll see. I mean, maybe there is. Um, you know, I think that it can definitely change the values of the different positions oh, depending yeah. on how you do it. Um, which, you know, that that can drive activity a little bit. But uh, more than anything, this is really just kind of this, you know, this is a little bit more about, you know, how do you how, how do you want these these weekly competitions to kind of look, I suppose. And and it feels like what we're really trying to, you know, what we're really kind of talking about with the scoring settings is, you know, how much power do you want at the, at the different positions and how do you balance the four major positions uh, for you in your, in your, you know, your fantasy leagues and your dynasty leagues. It, the, so the defaults, I mean, it, it's, it, it's historically just kind of been standard scoring where, you know, you're only getting points for, you know, yards and touchdowns and versus PPR where obviously you're getting a point for every, you know, per reception. We finally kind of started to, we've gotten into some variations of that. Scott fish has really kind of been, you know, taking the lead on that with things like points per target points per first down. Yeah. Points per first down. Um, and now we're kind of getting into tiered PPR a little bit where each position gets a different amount of points per reception, you know, based on um, the it kind of based on the amount of volume and the importance of catching passes, you know, for that position. So, for instance, a lot of tiered PPR looks like, you know, running backs getting half a point, yep. wide receivers getting a full point, tight ends getting, you know, a point and a half per reception. So, I mean, like I said, I don't know that there's necessarily a sweet spot here, but I mean, it just kind of intuitively, what is there, is there a system that kind of makes the most sense to you? No, <laughs> I mean, that's, <laughs> excuse, um, that's, that's the crappy part. Uh, if we're talking <laughs> about, if we're talking about preferences, my easy preference is straight PPR. Mm -hmm. Um, well, with tight end premium, but that that's something we'll get to later. Yeah. Uh, but I guess that also is part of tier PPR. Um, I think if you want to get all of your positions scoring as close to each other as possible, QB not included in this, I think tier PPR is the way to go. Mm -hmm. um, I think we said it before. You said it before, 0.5 points per reception for running backs, full point for wide receivers. And my sweet spot for tight end is 1.75. I think you hit two. I think it's too much. 1.5. I just, I don't think it's enough to matter. Yeah. Um, now I understand that that statistically is probably the best way to do it, but still, I just think point per reception for wide receivers and running backs across the board I don't think you need to make it more complicated than that. Uh, like I said, I like being able to just look at my look at the stats and be able to tell you how many points my guy scored. Not to be like, oh, wait, no, 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 no. He's in a flex, but he's a running back, so he got this many. But no, 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 this guy's in the flex, but he's a wide receiver. Like, 
to me, there's just no reason for all that. Um, mm-hmm. I also don't necessarily, <laughs> this may come out wrong, but I don't necessarily care about it being super, like, that's not my goal, I guess. Like, I don't need yeah. it to be completely even. Like, I don't need to, I don't feel the need to futz around with everything to try and make it so the running back one and the wide receiver one score close, or like the top five or top 10 score close to the same amount. I, It's the truth that some positions are a bit more important than others. Like, we both hate running backs, but you usually need a good running back to win the league. And that's, yeah. And, and I'm fine with that. And there, there are external forces in play. And I mean, I think that a, a lot of people, you know, I, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, but they kind of, uh, you know, tend to ignore this part, but this is something that we just don't really have any control over is the fact that, you know, you can you can nerf the scoring for one position and, you know, inflate the scoring for another position. But you're you're not really affecting. You know, you're 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 not entirely affecting somebody's roster build per se. Like, you know, we're here we are trying to balance a scoring of a running back versus a wide receiver. Well, now you put a name to those two players and you're it's skewed again so you know there's not a great way to to do it anyways at the end of the day you still have to find the right running backs uh, among you know this small pool of of guys who are going to be able to stay healthy for an entire season and produce at running back one levels consistently versus you know this vast pool of wide receivers who are you know generally just going to do it every single week <laughs> or, or I, I mean, most of them do it like, you know, eight weeks out of 16 essentially, yeah. but they stay healthy. You know that you can plug them in there. You know that you can find them. There's a ton of them. There's like 40 of them. And <laughs> so, like there's, and there's nothing that we can really do about that part. Yeah. I mean, when it comes down to it, you're right. <clears throat> the problem is you have to pick the right guys. Right. Like, you know, if you just drafted the guys who scored more points, you'd win your league every year, right? Like, that's yeah, the, the best analysis you can give anyone. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's why, again, like what we're saying, there's no right way, there's no wrong way. You don't have to make things complicated to make them fit a certain, like, like I said before, like you don't need the top five to equal the top five. It's just not, it doesn't have to be that way. So yeah. if you don't want to go out of your way to do that, that's not something you have to at all do um it's another one of those things i have like two three leagues that do the tier ppr and it's fun i like it i like you said before i don't change much based on that because regardless what happens you want the dude that's going to get the most carries and most receptions together um you still go after the the ppr backs anyway because they still get extra points compared to the dudes that only run the ball um, like maybe it changes who you start as your like last flex or two, but mm-hmm. is it worth complicating an entire league just for that? Um, yeah. and, and I know, I believe I should say, I don't know, cause I don't have actually any leagues there, but I believe sleeper even does it where you can set PPR by the amount of yards per the reception. I was going to ask you about this. That <laughs> breaks my brain because yeah, th- there's literally no way to know how many points your dude scored unless you're looking at every single reception. And like, that's that's too much, man. Like, I get it. You shouldn't 
Like, I love it when you have your running back who catches a ball for like a three yard loss, like they throw a screen to your wide receiver and he catches it, but loses three yards. You're like PPR, baby. Like every time I literally <laughs> scream that out loud because you're still getting positive points. But yeah, the dude caught the ball. It was a play designed for him. I'm fine with getting points for that because, you know, as Peter Howard says, you have to be talented to earn those targets. Your talented players should get you points. And the dude caught the ball, and I hope he tried to make a play. And I'm fine getting points for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and there's, you know, my argument has always been there's a lot, even though it is a catch for negative yards, there's still more talent in making that catch than there is just grabbing a handoff and not dropping the ball, which is why I am still completely fine getting those PPR points for a negative reception than giving any sort of points per carry. But we'll get to points per carry a little later, too. Yeah, definitely. I, so as far as the sweet spot, I mean, the problem here is that you and I are both very much we're we're the river. We're just kind of, you know, le, le, follow the path of least resistance. I'm very much an Occam's razor guy, just where simplic- simplicity yeah. is beautiful. Simplicity is pure. That's what I that's what I generally want when it comes to the scoring. But I but the problem is, I think that we probably need to speak a little bit to those commissioners who love to tinker <laughs> oh yeah absolutely <laughs> you know, the john Boshes of the world who like oh to my god get into the settings and see what they can what you know what, what they can do to to juice it up to soup it up so um i like i wonder I, I and i'll be honest i haven't spent a ton of time thinking about it again for me it's it's about it's about taking the simplest path and you know i and again, I know that Scott Fish has spent a lot of time working on this. He's he's kind of found some some different ways that you can really kind of balance those positions out. Um, it seems like the Scott Fishbowl scoring gets a little bit closer to, you know, absolute perfection, well-rounded all the way across. Yeah, because that, um, that is what Scott Fish goes for. He wants... Yeah. Even quarterbacks, when you put in that, like he wants consensus top five guys to be scoring around the same amount of points. Yeah. Which, by the way, that's it, that's another piece of it that we're going to have to get to is quarterbacks, because it, it, it seems like, you know, to to that point, the fact that Scott has spent so much time on this, it seems like the conclusion that he's generally kind of coming to is, you know, a little bit of a tight end premium to give them that boost. But more than anything, you know, all you're all you're really trying to do, all you really need to work with is the quarterback scoring. <laughs> but yeah, um, but I mean, I, I, I think that there is some I, I think that there are people who just want to tinker with it and, and maybe they don't want it to be balanced. Maybe they want, you know, some premiums for for, you know, stud running backs. Wait, oh, I, for sure. Like bonuses are awesome. Like bonuses are awesome. Bonuses are fun. Like yeah. so, so, like if you want to do like big play bonuses, I know a lot of people do that. Or when you get over a certain amount of total yards, like you know my Yahoo days of redraft, it was like when a quarterback threw for over three hundred yards, you got like an extra four or so points. Like stuff like that is still awesome. Stuff like that is still fun. Yeah. And again, that's you'll hear me. Uh, you've heard me, and you will, especially when we're talking about scoring. You'll hear me say a lot. I like one or two leagues that do that, but I don't want it in all of them. Mm. And, and that's that's totally how I feel about stuff like bonuses and stuff like that. It's cool. It's fun, but it's not something I want everywhere. Yeah. 
But so it's, it, it kind of sounds like you would rather, I mean, you if, if if you were going to do something like that, it sounds like you would rather put it in, you know, like big play, big day bonuses rather than base scoring. Like you would, you would, instead of doing, you know, kind of a tiered PPR or like you were saying, like the, the, um, increase the scoring based on, based on the depth of the reception, like your, or, you know, yards gained after reception. However, however, that's the problem with that, by the way, like, how do you, how do you do Is it from when, where they caught the ball or where they ultimately get tackled? That's, that's so. ADR reception is different from, you know, a screenplay or one that has like 80 air yards. Right. Yeah. Which, you know, it it probably just because you turned it into that's why it's just to me, it's so much easier. Yeah. You get the full point because he caught the screen and then you get the yardage after the catch so much easier than trying to figure out because there is a lot more uh, it's, you know, it's, it's higher risk reward, the deeper the target is. So, that's why right. I don't I, I wouldn't want to get into that. I think that you probably can. I just think that it's no, I think it's too much. And it's yeah, it's again, it's super arbitrary. Like it doesn't take away any of the like the only thing it really does take away is getting a full point for those small catches like that. That is the only thing to me that fixes because everything else, like we just said, the dude can catch a pass that is at the line of scrimmage because it's still technically a forward catch. So it's technically a catch of zero yards. But but then, you know, Tyreek Hill takes it for 80 yards for a touchdown, and you're getting credit for it. Sorry, my... Do you hear that? What do you mean? <laughs> I, I have to, <laughs> I'm puppy-sitting because my wife had to go run out of the house, and uh, I don't trust her alone upstairs. And she was just <laughs> making some weird noises. Um <laughs> She's mad at something. Um, it's a, and it's a it's a, a bulldog, right? Yeah, an English bulldog. She is yeah. three months old. Yeah. Just, just said about something. I think that context is important for the listeners. I, I'm not editing this out, by the way. Oh, I, I, I hoped you wouldn't. <laughs> I don't edit I, anymore. I was waiting for I was like honestly, I was waiting for her to start snoring. Oh my god, this thing is a beast when it comes to snoring. <laughs> but she's just what are you angry about? I'll stop. <laughs> I won't touch. Hands up. You want to get down? Okay, but back to <laughs> back to PPR scoring and stuff like that. Um, when we are talking about tiered, I really think the simplest is the best. The point five for running backs, the points, the one point for wide receivers, and again, I believe one point seven five is better for tight ends. But I know one point five is the main, like it, that's that's the norm. Um, mm. The thing you need to remember about tight end premium is. It's never really go. It's not meant, I should say. It's not meant to affect tight ends within the position. It's meant right. to make tight ends score closer to other players because we all know outside the top three to five tight ends, everything's a crapshoot. You know, yeah. most tight ends, the only way you become a top 10 tight end is two catches and a touchdown. You yeah. know, so if you have a week where there aren't a lot of tight end touchdowns, then you need it so that if a tight end does catch four balls, it catches up to a guy that a wide receiver or a running back that is like a third string guy on his team. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the only way to do it. And I know at 1.75, it makes someone like Travis Kelsey kind of crazy. Uh, he, in the trade addicts league, he was the number one pass catcher. I think he scored more points than Devontae Adams did. Sure. So yeah, it, but that's, again, that's something everybody knows going in, but in a regular then- league, 
even like TJ Hawkinson wasn't super usable, but right. give him that premium and it puts him up there with a lot of the tier two wide receiver kind of guys. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, it, it because one person, one, one dynasty team has Travis Kelsey on it. You know, <laughs> only only one of them has Travis Kelsey. Everybody else is living the exact same life, trying to find, like you said, you know, two catches and a touchdown every week from the tight end position. So, you know, if 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 you really want to expand the universe of, you know, the 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 pool of usable tight ends, startable tight ends, you do that with a, with two tight ends. And that's no, you know? no, 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 no. Two tight ends is awful. It is. It is. That's the way to do it. I mean, if, you know, if you're a tight end enthusiast who wants to, you know, wants people on a weekly basis starting, you know, Chris Herndon and Dalton Schultz and stuff like that, you do it with two tight ends, but um, you, you still know, have so, to be ready for them to score no points. Right. Yeah. But everybody's getting no points from their second tight end. So it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I know. do think the small, uh, points for the tight end premium and I think points per first down do help tight ends a lot because yeah. I mean I know it's complete narrative I have zero numbers to back this up but <laughs> quarterbacks go to it, tight yeah. ends on third down I mean yeah, yeah. I, I don't do research uh, yeah I don't either uh, so I mean that does help tight ends a little bit I mean mm -hmm. that boosts everyone again but again we're not trying to we're trying to make tight ends usable it doesn't necessarily need to be yeah, your tight end three scoring close to what your running back three scores—that's literally just never going to happen. Yeah. Um. So, but making them not awful. Yeah, and is and really the goal of that, right? And make you know getting it to a point where there's somewhere between, you know, twelve and twenty tight ends who are, you know, they're like they're not going to be the reason that you lose a game per se. Yes. You know? Uh, that's that's really what we're going for, and that's what a tight end premium does. It, it brings those guys up. It, it 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 inflates their scoring just enough that you know they're not like you're you're not going to be able to point at your at your score at the end of the week and say if I didn't have to start a tight end, you know I I would have won that game. Like yeah, and Travis Kelsey is just going to be sort of a cheat code for whoever has him and whatever this setup that doesn't really matter. He's yeah. him. And it seems like maybe Darren Waller and George Kittle are the three guys that are just main pass catchers on their team. They just happen mm -hmm. to do it in the tight end position. Yeah. So nothing, it, I don't think anything catches. I don't, nothing catches anyone up to those three. So you have to make these rules without those three in mind. Yeah. Well, nothing at the tight end position necessarily. I mean, it, tight ends are they're they're going to be several tight ends every week who are, you know, close enough that you could have made it up at other positions. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, you know, you you can you can kind of keep up with them with good wide receivers. It it just gives you one more way, you know, <laughs> one more way to get to you know, X number of points for a week, whatever it is. What And, and you can do it with Devontae Adams. You can do it, you know, with uh, with Christian McCaffrey. And now you can do it with Travis Kelsey. So right, we've been talking about tight ends for way too long. <laughs> um, all right. So we did PPR. We did straight. Possible. Yeah, it is absolutely yeah. possible. Uh, we uh, we <laughs> glanced over points per carry. Um, yeah, let's get to that. Do you Do you subscribe to any kind of points per carry? 
I mean, I feel like we know the answer to that is no. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like I'm in a couple of leagues that are 0.25 points per carry, and it's ridiculous. Like mm-hmm. the only reason I am in them is one because Capitalist Pigs is uh, has the 0.25 points per carry, and I wasn't going to say no <laughs> to being in, the, in a pigs league. Plus, the rest of it is just super fun. Like I love bankroll leagues. Um, and oh yeah, yours is I think up there is that 0.25 or is that just 0.1 i can't remember anymore i think it's still 0.25 and we just kind of grandfathered that in from the first the so the vampire league yeah uh started off as 0.5 which was nuts oh my god yeah no that's awful and uh, <laughs> yeah um and and i mean we had kind of the problem was we had kind of sold it as as a point per carry league and then I was like, man, like I, I, w- before the season even started, I saw that scoring. I didn't set that scoring. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not taking, I'm not taking accountability for that one. I didn't do that, but I saw that and I was like, this is going to be stupid. This year is going to be stupid. And it was, Yep. you know, all that mattered was having running backs and, uh, it was, it was absolutely terrible. And I was like, okay, we got to bump that down. But, um, you know, once people have kind of got a taste of it, it's hard to take it away from, them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we bumped it down to 0.25, but I I'll be honest. I don't love it. I, I don't like, like it at all. I, gotta I don't honest, think that there's really a reason for it. I, I kind of, I call it the Isaiah Crowell rule and it's just I, like Isaiah Crowell to me is just like the the all-time example of a running back who just kind of runs into the line, you know, 13 times, 15 times in a game, doesn't really go anywhere, rarely scores. You know, you end up with like 30, 40 yards rushing, but he he tried it about, you know, at least 15 times every freaking game. And it's like, why does he need those extra points? Well, why do running backs need the extra points? That's the real question. In general, yeah, exactly. We we created, we, you know, me and you, we created PPR. (laughs) PPR was created because running backs were just outscoring everyone else. So PPR was created for to bump up wide receivers. Even in this passing league, running backs, those top tier running backs, way outscore wide receivers. I mean, no wide receiver Mm -hmm. comes close to Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Zeke Elliott when he was, you know, trying uh like wide receivers they don't catch up to that so there's no reason to give these guys such a bump like the Mm -hmm. only reason i think it was an overreaction let me put it that way because there were players like Tariq cohen and duke johnson that you're happy to get like four or five catches from but they still weren't scoring a lot of points but you needed to start two running backs in all of these leagues so Mm -hmm. you bump up those guys to score decently with the rest of your wide receiver threes pretty much but again, it's it seemed unnecessary, especially if you are playing PPR. And if you're not playing with PPR, there's no reason to have a point per carry. So mm-hmm. like, to me, this is classic overthinking. This is some dude that's like, wait, everybody, wide receivers get points. Why shouldn't we be giving running back points? That's really what it comes down to. Some dudes like, I like, I like running backs. Nobody else likes running backs. So I'm going to make them even better. Yeah. <laughs> make them just completely unfair. Uh, yeah. I started a league a couple of years ago, which I, 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 you know, I ran and then left because I couldn't take it anymore. Um, where I actually did a little bit of research to find out, out what point per carry, if any, 
would make things better at all. And I couldn't get above 0.1 before it made running backs just more powerful than anything else. Like 0.1 made things pretty even. But mm-hmm. again, it just seemed unnecessary. Like this, all it really did was, you know, help out a few guys at the bottom of a roster that either A, shouldn't be starting or B, <laughs> Don't shouldn't be getting the help anyway. I, it's the only way I could really think to say it. Like, there was no real benefit to putting in this points per carry. I just did it because other people wanted it, and I tried to do my best to find what would it make me sick having it in the league. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the big thing is, I, I mean, to me, and and you know, we just talked about this a few minutes ago, but again, like the the. You know, the stratosphere at running back is really pretty small, whereas at wide receiver, it's they're like 40 deep, you know, and and that's the problem that we're that we should be trying to correct, because that's where, you know, that's that's also that that ends up adding even more power to those running backs because they're so scarce and yeah, so few but- people have them. So, you know, PPR solves that. You don't have to add anything to to anybody else. PPR all of a sudden made Darren Sproles and Shane Vereen, you know, guys like that all of a sudden became RB1s because, yeah, they don't run the ball hardly ever, but they were catching the ball pretty consistently, you know? Yeah. So that's what expanded the the universe of the running backs and that made them less scarce. And that's what solved the problem. So, you know, if we add that PPC and, and just make them, you know, that much more powerful across the board, then all of a sudden we're undoing the, the resolution that we had already found. So like, man, we're like, we're editorializing a lot in this episode. Um, but, you know, the, as far as the sweet spot goes, I, I just don't think that it includes PPC. I just, at all. Don't. No, like to me, the better fix for the running back problem you were talking about is only having to start one. Like to me, yeah. that's, that's the perfect fix. Like that's why, again, why I love the minimum start one and then everything else is flex because you're not forced for the same reason to start. Like I, I have, I, I took over a team that, I mean, I liked all the people who were in the league, so I would have done it anyway. But before I knew that it was start two running backs <laughs> and I, I was starting Boston Scott every single game, even though, even when Miles Sanders was playing. Yep. Because yeah, that's, I mean, sort of just what I had to do because I'm not used to building my teams where you have to start two running backs. Like I don't have, I don't like having that many startable running backs on my team. It's just not what I do. And yes, of course I adapted as time went on, you know, we did our rookie draft. I ended up with like cam makers and stuff like that. So my team is, Yes, I know I have to build my team to how the league is, but at like to me, it's like two tight ends. Like you're forcing people. Like, are there 24 usable running backs every single week? Right. Like, I, I don't necessarily think that there should. There are, and is that 20 through 24 predictable? Also, yeah, absolutely not. Like you can, which is also why. Like for a while, I love like I changed my redraft leagues to start two running backs, start three wide receivers instead of just adding an extra flex because there were so many wide receivers. But again, it came down to the same thing. 
are we saying we could predict who the 36th best wide receiver is going to be? Probably not. So you shouldn't be forced to start that third wide receiver because if you can build it on your team to just have three very good running backs, why shouldn't you be able to start all three of them? You know, it, it's the freedom to a build your team as you like it to be, but also build your team that can give you the most predictable points, I guess you should say, mm-hmm. and not have to worry about, oh, but I have to start this many of this position. So I guess I have to have this crappy player on my team because I need to, I need a person to put in that in that position, which is why, again, I detest two tight end. <laughs> we, we are not talking about scoring at all at this point. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I, I still think that it's relevant to scoring just because, again, I mean, if you're looking for the sweet spot, you know, I, I just think that there's that, that we're doing a little myth busting a little bit as far as that goes. Just, you know, the there's there's there are ways to balance out the scoring and there are ways there are counterproductive flawed, flawed logic you know, mistakes that people make. And PPC uh, to me is is kind of one of them. Um, two tight end is definitely one of them. I I honestly just don't even. I don't think that there's much of a reason to do two tight end, but you know, I I, I think that it's important to get it out there that it, that it is counterproductive. You know, not just is it like outside of the sweet spot. It's it's it really is kind of counterproductive. Um. The so I think that the scoring that we kind of need to get to, uh, in particular, this is one that I mean, a lot of people spend a lot of time thinking about this, um, trying to you know, trying to figure this out, trying to find uh, the the sweet spot for quarterbacks. That's the big one, I think. And and like <sighs> I said, you know, for Scott Fish. It, you know, in that pursuit of balanced scoring for the Scott Fishbowl, what it ultimately led him to this year was, you know, a, a, a big focus on the quarterback position. Um, I also happen to know that Addison Hayes um, oh, yeah. has spent a lot of time working on this scoring, mostly because he hates he hates Superflex and he hates that I beat him at Superflex all the time. <laughs> he wants a better way uh, to fix the quarterback position um, rather than just being able to throw two of them at somebody every freaking week. He would way rather you get, you know, you have to have one really good quarterback and it's important to have that quarterback um, but you only need the one and the advantage that you gain isn't quite as great. And I can't tell you exactly what the scoring system is that he devised. It's, it's very complicated. Uh, I um, can give you a little, uh, a glimpse into it. Uh, I am in yeah. one, one quarterback league. It is, it is John Bosch league. And let me run you through. It is based he, off. It's based off of Addison's scoring. Yeah. Uh, so here it is. So passing yards is same as always. You know, he has it as one point for every 20 yards. Um, touchdowns for, hold on, let's find out. So it's four points per touchdown. But if you if the guy throws his third touchdown, he gets three an extra three points. Fourth touchdown gets an extra four points. Fifth touchdown and above gets an extra five points. So that's on top of the four. 
Um, same thing with interceptions. Interceptions are negative four points, but if he throws his third interception, it's an, an extra negative three, negative four, negative five, and up on top of that. It mm-hmm. is, let me find the numbers. For every completion, you get 0.6 points. For every incompletion, you lose one full point. So, and that's, you guys just wrapped up year one. Is that yeah. right? Uh, what do you feel like the returns were <laughs> on that scoring? Uh, in all honesty, my team was trash, so I don't really <laughs> know. Uh, but hold on, let me let me pull up some players. Uh, let's pull up quarterbacks. So here is the order of quarterbacks, and then we'll go through like the trade addicts leagues, which are very very. You know, all of my scoring is super simplistic, so. It's going to be pretty much probably what I assume a lot of you people out there listening have scored. So in this Bosch League, the top 10, let's just go. Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Tom Brady, Ryan Tannehill, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson. And this is, what is it? It is, I believe that's points per no, it's not points. That that's total. That is points total. That's total scoring. Where so Josh Allen in just kind of standard, you know, four point and negative two scoring was quarterback one overall. He drops to quarterback four. Yeah, and now that I'm looking at it, the top ten are the same top ten. It's just that they are in a different order, slightly different order. Yeah, so it yeah. didn't it didn't change things much. Well, um, the total point. Let's hold on. So. Jo- uh, Herbert, nope, name Mahomes scored 454 as opposed in my league as opposed to 474. So even the total points isn't really all that different. Yeah. I think what it's really going to change is probably below that because the top 10 this year actually were 10 good quarterbacks. And that's yeah. not always the case because we used to have our Blake Bortles and Jameis Winston's who were bad quarterbacks but put up a lot of points because of all the garbage time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to scroll down a little bit, and I'm not going to do this fast enough. The fact that we did not again research this whatsoever beforehand, because <laughs> we don't uh, do that anymore. We've we been doing this too long to yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, we're not putting in work. Screw that noise. Um, <laughs> we've we've figured out the returns on researching and on editing, and it's yeah. very low. <laughs> yeah, it always just comes down to the best meme you put out is what gives you the best. Uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah, that. I, that makes me like it even less now that I'm actually looking at it. Like yeah. it doesn't seem super necessary. Like, again, we, pl- things changed a-, a lot in the past, like maybe five years when it comes to quarterbacks, we're all on the idea that mobile quarterbacks give you better points. And there are more of them now, even these guys like, I mean, Mahomes not really a running quarterback, neither I mean, Aaron Rodgers absolutely isn't neither is Watson. Okay. Brady just, you know, isn't at all Tannehill mm-hmm. Herbert, but these, gave you points on the floor you're probably getting a good 40 50 yards or four or five points on the floor every single year year game there you go (laughs) so what i will say is i you know i happen to know that um that bosch kind of left out some of the stuff from addison's scoring system um primarily you know the stuff that nerfs rushing uh rushing scoring for quarterbacks um, but even still, I mean, you know, even, even with that, I mean, like it would have, 
it would have dropped Josh Allen probably a little further. It would have dropped Lamar Jackson further. Um, but I mean, all of these guys would have been, you know, in order to be a top 10 quarterback beyond Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, I mean, you had to, there had to be some rushing in your scoring. So, you know, I, like it just would have, I, I don't even know that it would have necessarily changed the top 10 all that much. I, I still think it would have just kind of shuffled them a little bit. Yeah. And, and honestly, that's not bad. Let me just, let me just say that the, the difference in scoring, the difference in the top 10, it all, again, that comes down to if that's your thing, that's your thing. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do. It will like I said before, it will make a difference in a year where there is more garbage time quarterbacking. There just wasn't as much as there normally was this year. We didn't have a Jameis Winston or Blake Bortles. So that really, it in past years, that specialized QB changing has changed more. Like I remember, I can't remember, actually, it's a lie. I can't Two years ago, Jameis was like number two, mm-hmm. like QB two overall. He was like, QB 18 in this scoring. <laughs> yeah. like, like it was that big of a difference to try and put it out there because I know now that we're, if you're listening to us and talking about what the scores were this past year, you're like, oh, so it doesn't matter, you know, but it's just this year it didn't matter. In a bigger, in a more normal year, or maybe this is the new normal, I clearly don't know the answer to that. It can make a very big difference. Like, you know, if Trubisky played the entire season, he probably would be scoring higher on the plain boring scoring as opposed to the, uh, well, just, we're just going to call it the Addison scoring because that's really what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but yeah. let's, let's, let's dumb this down even further. I was having this conversation. I can't remember in what group checks I'm in far too many. Do you think there is a difference, a big difference, I should say, between four or six points for passing touchdowns? Um, I mean, probably not, not really. Um, I mean, in, in here's the problem that, you know, to dumb it down even further, like the, the problem that we're trying to solve is, you know, how do you make people prioritize quarterbacks, you know, just like in a startup specifically, um, without, you know, over overvaluing in them quote unquote like we do in superflex when you have to have two of them and we know that they're all going to score you know 20 plus points a week they're going to outscore all but like two running backs and one wide receiver it you know you you have to have two of them at all times in superflex like that's that's kind of the problem that they're trying to solve and uh, my and and so you know you you really kind of compartmentalize the quarterback position and you say you know how do we you know how how do we get the top end of the quarterback position to be significantly better than the bottom end so that it doesn't benefit somebody to you know to start you know a a, a drew lock (laughs) freaking drew lock sorry john (laughs) (laughs) stupid terrible drew lock because he's going to score within you know a handful of points of russell wilson (laughs) so congratulations to you um you know so that that, like that's kind of the 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 problem that that people are trying to solve is how do you get it to that point and no I, i i my guess is again 
No research went into this. It, it wouldn't have anyways, even if I knew this was going to come up. Um, but, you know, just just my guess is that, you know, changing the scoring from four-point passing touchdown to six-point passing touchdown doesn't make enough of a difference in weekly scoring to separate the top end from the low end. Yeah, um, the two things it made a difference. Like I had this conversation and, and I was all for four points, especially in Superflex. Yeah. Because I mean, let, let's face it, Patrick Mahomes threw 38 touchdowns. Yeah. So that's 76 extra points because it's an extra two points for every single touchdown. Like that's giving four points per touchdown brings the quarterbacks down a little bit to the rest of the world of scoring points. Yeah. That's in Superflex. I think you need that. Because otherwise, you're super screwed if you don't have two startable quarterbacks on your team, which yeah. you kind of are anyway, but it's not set in stone. It's set in stone <laughs> at six point touchdowns if you don't have two quarterbacks. Uh, clearly, to me, if you do go with six point touchdowns, you need to up the interceptions to at least three or four, uh, as opposed to just the negative two or sometimes even negative one, which to me is not enough. Um, but the real difference to me is inside of the quarterback position, it hurts players like Dak Prescott, Cam Newton, that mm -hmm. don't necessarily rush for a lot of yards, but get a lot of rushing touchdowns. Because at the end of the year in six-point passing touchdowns, all that matters is that total touchdown number. Yeah. Because it's the same points regardless if it's throwing or rushing. But... Dak was a little better with four-point passing because he every year got six freaking rushing touchdowns. So you got those extra points. Mm -hmm. um, but boosting it up to six takes a little bit of Dak's specialness away, at least him two, three years ago. him If he comes back to what he was the first five games, then this is a moot point because he was freaking killing it. But, yeah. you know, trying to keep this a little evergreen and not talk too specifically. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So, so that's that's really my like so I like sticking with four, especially in Superflex, because it keeps everyone down to the world where it's not destroying a team for not having a top 15 quarterback. Like yeah. I know you I'm sure you love that because you want to draft six of the top 10 quarterbacks anyway. But let's face it, you have to be a little bit think a little bit fairly when you're setting up your leagues. For sure. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm a fan of four points, and I want negative two for interceptions, not negative one, because, again, Jameis, like, <laughs> like he's, he's our go-to, right? Like, Jameis and Bortles, because I've been saying their names over and over again when we're talking about quarterbacks, because, like, even, like, a couple of games, Kirk Cousins threw, like, three interceptions but five touchdowns. So if you're only getting negative one, it's not really showing that he had a bad game. But... Yeah throwing three interceptions, even at a six point per touchdown is negating an entire touchdown like that. It needs, it should mean something like that. So when you're doing in four plus negative two for interceptions, two interceptions and you're wiping out a touchdown to me, that's what it should be. That that's my sweet spot in scoring. Yeah, I think so too. I, I, you know, I, I've been trying not to make definitive statements too much in this series because get down how you want to get down. Absolutely. Do what you, what you want them to do. What you want. <laughs> but uh, yeah, six point passing touchdowns is way too much in Superflex. Yeah. Bottom line. That's just too much. You're going to you're 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 gonna hate it. Your league mates are gonna hate it. People are gonna start quitting. It's gonna just be it, it, it's gonna make the quarterbacks too powerful. Because like I say, I mean, if you 
isolate the quarterback position and try and figure out how to balance, you know, how to bring Drew Locke closer to Russell Wilson. You know, that's that's the problem people are trying to solve. And what they end up doing is then once you distribute the quarterbacks back into the entire player pool that includes the, the other three positions. Now, all of a sudden, Drew Locke is is a far better option than, you know, just about any running back. And that's yeah, stupid. Like, <laughs> better than the wide receiver, too. Like that. Yeah. I mean, in a super flex league, the top. Let's say like five of the top 10 scorers will and should be quarterbacks. I mean, when it comes down to it, they have their hand on the ball the most. It is a passing league. Yeah. So, yes, quarterbacks should score a lot and most points, but you don't want 20 quarterbacks in your top 20. Uh, that's just that's not the way it should be. It, yeah. it it needs to be spread out a little bit more than that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it is as far as the passing touchdowns, I mean, for me it pretty much has to be four. What I will say, and I think that it was that it was six in the Scott Fishbowl um with uh there was I, I think it was negative four for an interception and then another negative two for a pick six. Yes, that is something we didn't talk about. That yeah, that's a new thing that's going around these days, charging more for pick sixes. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's more I don't know. I think I find that a little too arbitrary. That's like that has nothing to do with that doesn't always, let me say. That doesn't most of the time that doesn't have something to do with the interception. I feel like the only time a pick six is on the quarterback is on a picked screen. Mm-hmm. otherwise it's just people be not being in the right place to tackle the guy like so I, I don't know if i'm a fan of that per se yeah but i get it it's just another fun wrinkle yeah i think i'm kind of okay with it i like i i just remember watching like peyton manning when he was here in denver every now and then he would throw he would throw a pick six and and just kind of like he didn't even go try and tackle the guy or anything he's just like well oh well you know, I'll do you want Peyton Manning trying to make a tackle? <laughs> yeah. no, actually, it's a lot. I want to see, see it once just to see what it would look like. <laughs> but after that, yeah. no. <laughs> like in earnest, just like so pissed off and just go try and like just just try and level him. But uh, like, yeah, I mean, instead of just kind of like meekly chasing after him and, you know, diving at his feet and missing by mm-hmm. several yards. Uh, yeah, like that does no, me no good, but. Like sometimes he would actually act like he had any intention of stopping the guy. Most of the time he would just kind of walk away and be like, oh, well, you know, yeah. I'll get that back. You and, make and, that one step towards the guy to see if it'll make him shift towards the out of bounds. And if that doesn't work, you just sort of, you know, twiddle yeah. your thumbs and wait for the play to end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but to me, if the quarterback's going to take the position of, oh, well, <laughs> you know, then, then yeah, like I want him charged an extra two points for that. Okay, no, let's, let's get into this. Because <laughs> if that's your line of thinking, I want points per tackle added to the quarterback position. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. <laughs> I kind of like that actually. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I think that it, yeah, like the, their, their intentions on the field, positive or negative, should be reflected in their fantasy score. Like DK Metcalf deserved <laughs> at least two points for chasing down that defender. Oh my god! 90, Ninety yards later to make that tackle. Like he, he had no. He had no fantasy points in that game. He got shut out. Shut out. Yeah, and he but he made the play of the year <laughs> by, by running down Buda Baker to make that. I think it was Buda Baker. And, I, and yeah, make, that'd be saying. I think it may have been. Yeah. Yeah. 
and make it, which is, I mean, that's not an easy guy to catch, but like he ran him down like a freaking predator. He should have, he should have, that should have made his fantasy day. Yep. Honestly, like I can't even calculate the number of points that that was worth. See, it's funny. We're joking about this. And honestly, like I kind of want to do this. I'm serious. I, 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 I probably never will. But, <laughs> yeah. but it, it did bring into my head something I did introduce, not into my leagues, because I don't want, I'm not going to change scoring at all. But um, I like where non quarterbacks get six points for passing touchdowns because yes. it is something that is not within their position to normally do. So it boosts someone like Jarvis Landry or at the time Julian Edelman or you know, guys that Mohammed Sanu. Mohammed, yeah, like these, <laughs> like I forgot what it was. I was in the playoffs and many Sanders. It was like two, three years ago. Mandy Sanders threw a touchdown. And yeah. I, it was a very close game. I won anyway, but I was losing my, I was just like, no, that's BS. <laughs> He's not supposed to throw touchdowns. He should be getting more He's points. Supposed for to it. catch it. And at first I was just like BSing and like, but I'm like, wait, no, I think I actually like this. Like, I think that makes sense. <laughs> so in leagues that are not my, like, you're not trade addicts league, because I try, well, I try and keep most of their scoring exactly the same. But like I started up a league for the DFPN network and I put that in there where wide receivers, running backs and tight ends do get those extra two points for throwing touchdowns. Yeah. It's kind of a style points type of thing almost, you know, like, to like Tony Hawk, like yeah. the, the level of difficulty needs to be reflected in the scoring a little bit. High step into the end zone plus 0.5 backflip, <laughs> do a flip or backflip. You get a full point. Oh man. I, yeah, if 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 the programmers at MFL are listening to this, they're just like, man, we've got a million things all of a sudden that we have to add to the settings. Um, so uh, one thing I will say about the Scott Fishbowl scoring is I thought it was I, I thought it was a fun wrinkle. It might have just been for one year, like over the life of a dynasty, it might have started to drive me nuts. Um, but it was kind of a fun wrinkle that like, I, because they also, for those who don't know, quarterbacks were also penalized for incompletions and for getting sacked, which I thought was kind of interesting to make that a quarterback stat. I'm in a league like that and I hate it. I, I, I fight it so hard. Really? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not it's fun. It's like interceptions. It's funny. Like I, we're making these arguments for everything, but it also can be made for interceptions. How often are interceptions not quarterbacks' fault? Like bounces off the dude's hands and gets in right. Like, and of course, there's nothing you could do about that. Like uh, bad snaps getting recovered is a quarterback fumble, which is kind of crap. You know, a fumbled handoff goes to the quarterback for some reason. You know, but to me, like. You know, let's fine and let's screw up the evergreenness of this episode. Last night was the Super Bowl, <laughs> and we saw what Patrick Mahomes was going through. Those sacks were not his fault. Like, <laughs> it is not Patrick Mahomes' fault that he has three backup linemen against one of the best pass rushes in the past few weeks. Like yeah. that's that's not his fault. Like okay, maybe once or twice he had to. I mean, okay, but no, I was about to say he had to wait for someone to get open. That's the wide receiver's fault. Like. Joe Flacco is like the only dude I could think of that's just like, I'm just going to hold the ball for eight seconds to see what happens. <laughs> yeah. I, I hated watching Joe Flacco play. Well, and, and, and back to the style points of it. I mean, Pat Mahomes should have been sacked 
like a million times more than he was last night. There were so many times where he would just kind of run around, ran backwards like 35-plus yards, somehow get the ball out of his hands and throw an incomplete pass. And it's like after all of that, after – I mean, he had he had zero protection. He managed to extend the play long enough and even managed to throw the ball away you know, while he's going to the ground in the process of being sacked for like a 20 yard loss, he still sends a fastball right into Clyde Edwards Alaire's face. Oh my God. So many, so many of those have been caught, but that, again, that's not the point. Hold on. But like, it, it's only funny it, because you, we bring this up and my friend messaged me this like five minutes ago. Uh, according to next gen stats, Patrick Mahomes ran a total of 497 <laughs> yards before his passes and sacks. That's not including yeah. his actual scrambles. That's just behind the line of scrimmage before he threw the ball or got hit. Yeah. And, and Same. got, and got nothing but negative points. In, yep. in Scott Fishbowl scoring. So, I mean, I, in, you know, obviously that's one isolated incident. Also, you know, obviously Scott Fish kind of, you know, it just adds some different wrinkles every year just to kind of, uh, <laughs> Liz Loza compared it to an escape room. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's just like, all right, like this scoring is too much for me. How do I pull the candlestick and get the hell out of here? <laughs> I love that. Um, but you know, so it's, it's, it's kind of a, a unique thing that he does every single year. So, you know, free pass there, but again, you know, in a dynasty league doing something like that would would just be infuriating so i'm not a fan of the negative of negative points for sacks i i no yeah Yeah. and and i mean it honestly kind of made it a little tough for the with the uh the incompletions again you know just using this one game as as an an example after everything that, that one play is an example after everything that pat mahomes went through and still manages to not only throw a pass when he's like inches away from hitting the turf, but to throw a good pass that hits CEH in the face and isn't caught. It was was Daryl Williams. Let's, let's, let's kind of calm down on CEH right now. So, okay. Just to put the blame blame where it lies. Uh, (laughs) You're like, again, yeah, again, we're being, we're being very specific, but honestly, it's more than it's, a small example of the bigger case. Like it really right. is like if we're trying to reward good quarterbacking sacks, isn't really a way for that to really be put into the formula to me. Right. Like, Cause I mean like Deshaun Watson gets crushed, but he's freaking great. It's just, you know, the Texans are a terrible organization and refuse to protect the quarterback. So like, I, it's just, it, it, it doesn't have to me. Again, you want to play it more power to you. To me, just I, I don't want it in my leagues. Yeah. Yeah. There's just the, I think the bottom line is there's just too much that goes into like an average play for a quarterback. There's too much context involved to really score it. You know, anything beyond like the yardage, the completion, the yardage. I, I mean, you don't actually score the completion, just. The fact that it was completed, now you get the yardage for it, and you know you get whatever you get for touchdowns. That's my personal opinion. I don't, I don't think that there's really anything to be gained in going beyond that. I get the problem that it feels like quarterbacks are just way too powerful in superflex, um, and you know not 
powerful at all in one QB. I just, I, I have yet to see anything in any scoring, scoring setting, regardless of how complex it gets, that really solves that problem. So I think the sweet spot is still just the old standby that four and negative two. I, yeah, I, I really do. 100%. I, I am absolutely there with you. Um, we have two things left on this list. Uh, let's go to return yardage. And man, I got these new fancy earbuds and they just keep falling out of my ear. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so I like return yardage, uh, yep. especially because a default setting in almost every single league is if you're, you have a wide receiver, if he runs the ball back, he gets six points. Yeah. So why not get the yardage for right. it as well? Like that, that's really where my brain came from. That's why I started putting it in, in the trade addicts leagues, which unfortunately I didn't think of it while I was creating TA one. Cause that's, <laughs> I have eight of them. And seven of them have the return yardage and TA one doesn't because you can't change points after the startup, even if it's something as small as 0.05 points for return yardage, which is super small these days where every kick kick off is a touchback and most punts are fair catches anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, So like the only time this used to be unfair was when the Steelers were dumb enough to have Antonio Brown returning kicks. Like nowadays it just gives People like Tyler Lockett used to return kicks. It gave him a bit of a bump. Tyreek Hill, before he came, became really good, was returning kicks. But again, it's another thing to just make like a wide receiver three a little bit more usable. You know, yeah. if you're in deep leagues, you could have started Jakeem Grant a lot this past year, partially because all of their wide receivers are hurt. But the dude would catch two balls and return four or five kicks. And he has about eight to 10 points. It helped make him a little bit more usable. And that dude's fast. So he would get a decent amount of yards and sometimes would bring it back for a touchdown. So you get that extra six. Mm-hmm. So I, I like the return yardage. It's, I don't think it changes anything. It, maybe it's a tiebreaker where if you're down to these two dudes, but oh, this one guy returns kick sometimes, I'm going to choose him. Like to me, it's, it's fun little extra points, but nothing that changes anything. Because there are running backs that return, there are wide receivers. I, don't, I doubt there's tight ends, but you know, it's not like it only helps wide receivers. It's not that it only helps like it helps to me a little bit of everybody. So it's another little wrinkle that I like, especially because default scoring is getting those six points for the return touchdown. Why not get bonus of wait? That was an 80 yard touchdown. Like maybe <laughs> something for like and returning kicks is hard. <laughs> So like, yes. you, like you should get points for that. So that's why I liked adding those into my leagues. Yeah, same here. So is it for you? Is it just a normal, you know, point per yard, or uh, do you do you adjust adjust it either way? No, it's just point zero five points per yard. You know, or yeah, you do get the negative. Uh, but I don't have it where if it's a twenty yard run, you get this many. Forty yard, you get this many. I mean, that would be an interesting bonus situation. We're going to talk about fun or other scoring ideas next. But to me, I don't think you need to make it that complicated. I just I like the little extra bonus because it's a part of the game. Your players are still part of, and why not get the points for them showing talent on the field? That's the point of fantasy football, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think I agree. I mean, I think the the tough part is. Like you said, I mean, it's generally going to be players that you know. The only way they're startable is if they're going, is if they're going to get enough yardage out of the the return game to make them startable. 
Um, yeah, it's like it's it's not it, your. Sorry, you know, just real quick. It, but the yeah. point of this isn't to make kick returners startable. Like mm -hmm. if a dude is only a kick returner, chances are you're not going to want to start him. But it's a guy like Jakeem Grant or Mikol mm -hmm. um, Hardman or some of these other guys that I'm blanking on anyone else, even though there's there's a bunch of them, and I use these guys to make my argument where. They're going to catch two, three balls a game, so yep. they could fit into one of your last flexes, but they get an extra little kick because they are also kick returners, and they're going to, you know, if they break a 30-yard return, they deserve some extra points because, let's face it, if a dude catches three punts and fair catches two and runs one for four yards, mm -hmm. you're not going to notice it in your score point. You're not going to notice it in your score box, but right. he does something good, something worthwhile, then you'll see a little bit of extra points for it. Yeah. And if you had the foresight to start them, you deserve, you know, for them to have made their day on on a kick return or two. Yep. Um, real quick, though. So you mentioned, uh, you know, that uh, you can't change the scoring once the startup has started. I think that that's kind of a, that's something that people overlook quite a bit. I think that that might be worth explaining just just real quick for people. Oh, I, I, I mean, I, I, that's true. I guess, you know, it's just so simplistic in our minds because we've been running leagues for so long. Right. But I, it, it's tough to do a lot of fundamental changes, at least quickly, I should say, once you've done your start, your draft, because people build their teams in a certain way. Mm -hmm. I start, I build, I mean, let's put it to starting positions. I build my team to only have to start one running back. If a guy, if the commissioner goes, you know what? Never mind. We're going to have to start two. Yeah. No, I would have drafted my team differently. Then let, let's start over. That that you can't just do that. I mean, it's yeah. the same thing of going like, you know what? 0.25 points per carry. Uh what? No, I would not have drafted a wide receiver seventh overall. No, that's not how this works. Like you can't just even like even something as small as that return yardage, I, I'm not comfortable changing. So like you can't make any real fundamental changes after a startup is done. Um, if you are going to, to me, you need like a full year notice. Like I want two two draft pick rounds to trade away and a full year to make my moves in order to fix what you think my team needs to be. <laughs> so you know, here, in a very blunt way. Yeah. Here's a hypothetical for you. I've seen this come up. I'm just curious your thoughts on this. So this is in season. Like we're, we're several weeks into the season. And then you notice that there's a massive glitch in the scoring. Like, um, you know, like a, a decimal point got put in the wrong place. And now all of a sudden you get 60 points instead of six points for recovering a fumble in the end zone. Like, okay. That's no, that's, you're not changing a decision. That's fixing a mistake. Mm -hmm. Um, do you like, did you realize it in week two? Then I'm fine going back and changing week one. Okay. Did you notice it in week eight and it's happened, and it's happened before? Yeah. That's a little tough. Um, right. To me, that's a going forward thing. Like if you're halfway through the season, but if you're in week two or three and it's written, so especially if it's written somewhere, like, I would be screwed because in my bylaws, I'm I'm lazy and I just write go see the scoring. <laughs> go to the scoring. <laughs> but like if you're one of the smart people that actually listed out and you list out your scoring and in your bylaws you said six points for recovery touchdown, you could be like, no, I'm sorry. I like look, I screwed up. First of all, always always admit if you screw up, especially as a commissioner. It, 
integrity is important and it gives you like the word I'm, I'm looking for is blank, but look, people trust you. It's the reliability, respectability, mm -hmm. like my bad guys, let's, let's fix this. Let's find the best way to fix it. Um, but like, you could be like, look, no, look at the scoring it's listed. I know I screwed up. I'm sorry, but we have to do what the rules say. Yeah. The, yeah. Bottom line is don't do anything that would reverse prior outcomes, essentially. Like that's, that's, that's the one thing that's where it would really make a mess. Somebody won a matchup earlier in the season, and now you're going to change the scoring that could potentially reverse that outcome. Uh, that's, you know, that's when you start making a mess because, you know, so many mo roster moves were made based on, you know, you know, things like their, you know, the, their records at the time. And it's based on the fact that they won that game. Yep. You know, so it, there's just there are just way too many dominoes that fall once a game is either won or lost to go back and reverse it. So um, the only way I would say, no matter where you like, you could be in week 10, mm -hmm. if you get uh, unanimous votes, then that's fine. Mm -hmm. Like, if, like, even if you're in week 10 and hell, like I'm the kind of guy that even if. I would have lost a game and it was picked up that much later. And the, the commission was like, look, this happened in like week four. You clearly didn't notice you won because this happened. It's in the rules. I kind of want to switch it. I would say, yes, I would say switch it. Give me that loss. I'd be pissed, but it's in the rules, but that's how it goes. Um, so that's why I think it's always very important to be straightforward with your, your league mates but if someone it's like with like lineups things where five, like two minutes after the deadline, someone's like, Oh, I tried to switch this, but my computer gave me an error. The first thing I do is ask the guy's opponent. Like, do you mind if I change this? And if yeah. they say, yes, go ahead. You know, you don't have to be iron fisted in either way, being willing to do it or not being willing to do it. Because if you don't have to make a decision, don't make a decision. You know, mm -hmm. if you're go to the guy, the person that that person is playing against and if they're a compassionate human being or at least a fair player they, they won't mind they'll they'll let that you'll they'll let you make that change yeah yeah exactly but they have absolutely no obligation to do so correct that absolutely in my commissioners. yes absolutely um and in fact i would not blame them at all if they said hell no yes, i want that one i i I run so many leagues. I'm very much for the good of the league kind of person. But yeah. like, if this is like a $200 per year get league, <laughs> hell no. You know, <laughs> through that, you didn't notice it. Not my fault. Yeah. But, you know, in, in, in my small stakes, in my kind of leagues, you know, whatever whatever makes the league not explode, I'm fine with. Um, but, yeah, like that, to me, that's just a good smart step is before you go making those changes, ask the people that it matters for, you know. Yeah ask the people that will end up losing a game instead of winning, ask the person that it will affect their score or it comes down to it on the bigger scale. Like you were saying with the scoring setting being completely wrong, pull the league. And if you have a smart enough, nice enough league where they're like, Oh no, yeah, you're right. That's what the rule said. Just go back and change it. If you get 12 out of 12 and by the way, commissioners, you should get a vote and you should, when you use your vote, it should be as an owner, not as the commissioner. That's mm -hmm. not always easy to separate, but that's beside, you know, we'll get to that later also. Um, if you get 12 out of 12, 
do it, change it. There's, there's no reason not to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just felt like that's important to bring up because, you know, when we talked about bylaws, we talked about the best interest clause that does not absolve you from overreach, you know? Oh, there, yes. So there's, there's it, it's a tough road to walk sometimes as a commissioner, but I think that distinction is pretty important. Um, it, it just kind of randomly came up, but mm -hmm. I felt like it was important to talk about. Honestly, probably a little bit more important than, you know, other fun or good scoring ideas that we had uh, kind of intended to talk about. I, I, I feel like we've named most of we, them. We hit them. This. A lot of the bonuses, the points per first down, you know, all of that. We stuff. created a new one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Style points. Style Tony points. Hawk points. <laughs> oh, I love um, it. And, and yeah, I mean the, the, now the, the points per tackle and stuff like, yeah. that, like those are <laughs> that's important too. Um, and, and honestly, I don't think there are that many more. Um, no, if, if we, I was hoping we maybe got like a spark of, uh, creativity as we were going through this. That's why I put it on there. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll reserve the right to come back to that one in a future episode. If we come up with any other scoring, uh, that needs to be, oh, or, you know, for our listeners, if you come up with anything that you want to oh, yeah. buy us, Hit please us do. Uh, you can um, DM us, you can tweet at us. Uh, I'm at Superflex Dude. Russ is at Dynasty Outhouse. We're both at Superflex City. Um, please let us know if you come up with anything, any scoring that you want to want us to discuss. And uh, like I said, we'll reserve the right to revisit this, but. Uh, we're uh, we're definitely over time at this point, so we're gonna wrap it up so that Russ can get back to his puppy sitting duties. Yeah, I hear her running around upstairs. I did not do a good job. <laughs> Still just growling. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a mental image that's gonna get me through this day. To be honest with you, um, yeah. Let's so let's go ahead and adjourn this meeting of the commissioner's office. Did you buy a gavel yet? Oh, I still don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I brought the squeaky toy upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Finally. <laughs>